0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Mile High Real Estate Spotlight. And this is Brian Arnold. And uh, it's just excited to have Paula Workman on today because uh, when, when we think about real, realtors or real estate agents, we think of the ones that are doing the best for the clients, at least here in the Denver Metro area. And out of you know the tens of thousands of real estate agents, I think like even DMAR has over 9,000 registered uh, real estate agents not all of them are meeting the needs of the computer, the community. Not that they don't want to, but some of them are just maybe not as good or, or haven't figured it, it out as well. Uh, but this podcast is spotlighting the folks who are doing it, who are in the community that are helping people. And When we start thinking about wealth and personal wealth and generational wealth, uh, you know, it's my belief and everybody, a whole bunch of other people's belief that the, the best stair step to generational wealth and to personal wealth is through homeownership and finding ways to make sure that people get into homes is what the best real estate agents and the best realtors do they figure it out they find ways they connect with the right lenders they correct with the right you know uh, investors and connect with the right you know folks that do appraisals and everything else uh to to move that process forward so people aren't as scared you know i say this in many podcasts that people that are renting are paying you know, I, I, in fact, I met with somebody this week who was in an apartment paying $3,000 a month for his apartment. And I said, that's $36,000 a year that you're putting into that. If you stay in that apartment for 10 years, you've now given that landlord $360,000. You've paid for that unit. You've paid for it. Uh, yeah, you just start thinking about how much people are paying. That don't need to be paying in that space, and so uh, home ownership is what we're here. And so today, Paula, thank you for being on today. Thank you for for being willing. I know this isn't something you do all the time, uh, but we love to have it. So if you could kind of first just tell us how to get a hold of you, and then from there, you know, maybe kind of tell us about your story. How did you get involved in this business? Why would you even want to get involved with this business? And then we'll go from there after that. So how do we get a hold of you?
1: Okay. Workman & Associates 303-888-1033, and call me. I like talking to people on the phone. I like that better than texting or emailing.
0: I love it. I love it. And, and, and I specialize in reverse mortgages, so I work with seniors all the time. And I can promise you, there was somebody asking me the other day. I want you to do a campaign. You know, they wanted to, to help me out with the campaign, right? All this AI and the you know, chat whatever it is that that take, is trying to take over our world, mm-hmm. and they said, "Well, we just want we want to set a text campaign to all your seniors." And I'm like, "Why would I do that? Why would I spend any money trying to text people that want to talk on the phone?" So I am so glad that you are there, uh, where you're saying, "Yes, there is still uh, art to having conversation." and to talk to people and to find out what they want. So how did you get involved with this business? I'm assuming this isn't your first year doing real estate, correct? No, I've been actually
1: licensed since 1978. I got my broker's license in 1979. Um, It was necessity. Back then, we had a really large real estate company, and each office actually had to have a managing broker. And so we needed another license, and so I went and got one. Um, actually, actually, did not start selling myself until 1984. Waited till our kids were a little bit bigger, and I've been listing and selling since then, and it's been an amazing career.
0: Oh, that is so cool! And just the longevity. You know, I'm thinking I graduated from Cherokee High School in 1983. So, you know, you were just getting started and getting going. And if I would have known what I know now, I would have told you to get a house, right, as soon as I graduated. You know, when you think about the power of home ownership and what it allows you to do. And, you know, I've been telling people, you know, I, I believe college is important. I have an education. I got an education that allowed me to do a whole lot of things in my life. But if I had to go back and I'm thinking about my kids and, you know, the kids, there's so many ways to go to college that you know with with scholarships and grants and you know researching that kind of stuff and the ability i almost would say i would rather get somebody a down payment on a house so that they can build equity than to spend the kind of money that some parents are spending on colleges you know when you think of 100 or hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year for some of these schools you're, you're almost buying a house by the time that they graduate from school and the salary that they make at that crazy private school—it's one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year—is probably the same salary as they make at the state. They graduated from the state school with the same degree, with four hundred thousand dollars less debt. So, with that, wh- what is your favorite favorite part about being, you know, in this real estate game, in this real estate business? I love working with
1: people one-on-one, Brian. Um, okay. Large crowds is not my thing. Um, Management is not my thing, but I love helping people. And this has afforded me an opportunity to help people achieve their goals Mm -hmm. and I can still make a living. And backtracking to a little bit of what you said, I have 19 year old triplet grandchildren and they all just started real estate school. And it's, it's our goal this summer for them to get through it and get licensed. And I'm really, really excited about that.
0: That is cool. I just, you know, I'm thinking of what that could possibly be is the three of them together, Mm -hmm. you know, tackling the world Mm -hmm. in in a business that has the ability to pay well, to give, like you said, a living um, and then help people at the same time. Well, what a great, you know, endeavor for them to go through. I I love hearing that. So what over the, you know, if we, think about your career in here, what makes, I guess, you stand apart from, you know, there's all these folks that get into real estate, and we talk about the thousands that are in, and some do really well, and some don't do as well. What are some of the things uh, that you do that makes you exceptional in this space? Well, first of all, communication
1: and personal Mm -hmm. contact. I think that is absolutely crucial. And staying in touch with your clients sitting down and visiting with them about what they're trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. help them focus in on what their goals might be, and then working with them to get to that end. Um, over the years, I have established a wonderful network of lenders that I trust, title people that I trust, insurance people that I trust, inspectors that I trust. And so you are, you are taking... And I love working with first-time buyers. You're taking these people and guiding them through and in a fair and honest manner so that nobody takes advantage of them. And that, to me, is huge.
0: Oh, gosh, it is so huge. I mean, there's so many people out there that are willing to take advantage of people mm-hmm. and willing to gouge them in some areas. And, mm-hmm. you know, as I've even talked to some of the you, know, the, you know, lender I was working with and, you know, I was trying to get a gentleman, you know, into a house. Where we we're having issues with the condo, uh, you know, and getting the condo approved. And, you know, I, I asked him, he said he could do it. So, you know, I'm okay. So if you can do it, great. Take my guy, make it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm okay with that. I asked him a couple questions. He goes, well, you can't do it then you know then I'll just go ahead and take it because you're not worthy of being able to do it I'm like what you know and then it it comes up to that you know he tells this guy something he tells the guy he's going to walk over to the HOA Association and he does and the HOA pretty much tells the guy to kick rocks and go away so the guy wasted all this time while he's trying to make this commission because he doesn't want to work and so that that happens um, and, and you said that one of the things you just said is you, you want to find out their goals and their dreams and what they want. How important is that in the, in the transaction process of understanding?
1: That? Brian, if you don't know what a buyer is or a seller is trying to accomplish, accomplish and what their end game is, how could you possibly get there? You can't, you can't set a path if you don't know where you're going. And it's it's absolutely crucial. It's absolutely Um, In my opinion, it's absolutely crucial to sit down with the lender before you even get going to find out what you can do after that Mm -hmm. meeting and and then providing information to let them focus in on what's available for what they can do and and then persevering persevering until until you can get there. You know, in the last couple of years, it was the challenge was you were trying to beat out so many people for the limited amount of product that mm-hmm. you were doing outrageous things to accomplish the goals. I never did that with anybody, and yet the people I worked with got a home. Um, and now, now we're trying to figure out how to maximize what folks can do with the interest rates where they are but there's a way to get it done. As long as you're working with a lender who knows what they're doing, you can get it done.
0: Absolutely, I mean, there's so many, and just going into that, you know, folks think at this point in time, this is, you know, I should wait and not buy a house. And you start talking to, you know, first time folks who are living in this apartment, who are paying this $3,000 a month, and they're telling, you know, I should wait because the interest rates are what they are, or I should wait because there's not a lot of inventory. What would you say to that? I mean, for somebody who comes to you and says, I think I should just wait.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to tell you bad decision because because prices are not going to come down appreciably. I don't care what the economic gurus are telling us because they are wise looking at what used to be. They cannot predict the future any better than you or I can. So I would tell them if this is what you want to do and you can see your way clear to come up with a down payment and figure out what you can afford in terms of a payment, there is no better time than now because inventory is not going to improve drastically anytime soon and interest rates are not gonna improve drastically anytime anytime soon. You probably know that better than me, (laughs) but if this is your goal there truly is no better time than right now.
0: Yeah, and I had a you know clients who came to me the other day, and they they you know when you think of some of our communities who haven't seen like their parents didn't have a house, their grandparents didn't have a house, they they you know the people that are their associations are telling them this is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And, you know they came to me the other day and they said you know we were thinking about buying a house, but all the people that we're talking to are saying you don't want to buy a house because if something breaks, you have to fix it. And when you live in you live in an apartment you don't have to fix it i mean that is you know and i'm saying no you know or they said somebody lost their house because the furnace broke and they couldn't fix it and i'm like i've never heard of that in my life how does that how does that get into your head or how does that community and so how what do we kind of do with this this group of folks as we're having these conversations to kind of you know the 20 percent down myth the uh, you know, if I get into the house and the neighbors don't like me, then, you know, all these things that are real, you know, you, you think it, this can't really be a part of their decision making process. But then when you talk to them, it is. How, how do we as an industry or people there kind of combat some of this? <laughs> well, I think
1: first of all, you have to establish rapport with the people so that they're kind of feeling comfortable with you yeah. and trust what you're telling mm-hmm. them. I think that's really important um you know i always say to everybody everybody and your brother are going to give you advice as you go through this process and i'm going to tell you listen to them because you need to be polite and let what they're saying go in one ear and out the other and if you have a question come and ask me because everybody means well and half the time they don't know what they're talking about i too have heard You know, the closing process, the whole thing, it was so hard, it was such brain damage. But I'm telling you, if you're working with me, it is not the case. And um, I have a young couple that I worked with twice. Um, They were referred to me by a friend of theirs. And we found them a condo in Aurora a couple of years ago. And then um, he got a job transfer down to Colorado Springs. And so they both grew up in the Springs. And so we sold the condo and they bought down in the Springs. And at the closing, she said to me, Paula, this was so easy. Thank you so much. And I said to her, you know what? You're welcome. But if it was easy, I did my job. And so you need to be with the right professional. And I I can't say that often enough.
0: Oh, that is so, so true. And you think of that that's what the experience comes from. Because I, I, I can imagine since, you know, in the 1980s, you've had some crazy stuff that's happened, you know, to get through it. But those are all learning experiences, right? And so, you know, those things get to pile on and pile on. And then you find, like you said, the right, the right people that you associate with, the right, you know, referral partners, the right, you know, people that you know how to manipulate where somebody can come in And it just be smooth all the way through you know and and here's where i think somebody like yourself really makes a difference because every transaction has its own life every transaction has its own hiccups you know i I was telling somebody today i don't know what's going to happen i just know something's going to happen but i can imagine over time and you can you maybe to speak to this that there's probably hardly anything you haven't seen (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I I would not say that because Ooh, okay. stuff comes
1: up all the time. And just, just yesterday, I closed on a transaction, and I've never had this happen before. The sellers were tenants in common, mm-hmm. half was an estate, and half was one of the children of the original owner of the property. Okay. And so we actually had to close with two separate deeds. One was a personal representative's deed, and the other one was a general warranty deed. And I've never had that happen before. So that was kind of interesting. And it was was a little bit of a learning experience, you know, working through figuring out how to get that accomplished. Starting with how to do two separate deeds and all those names on the contract separately.
0: Oh, gosh, yes. I can imagine
1: so, you know, so mm-hmm. if you if you stop learning, you're not doing your job. And oh by the way, I always tell everybody, my crystal ball doesn't
0: work. I don't know. <laughs> as, as much as you rub it, it huh? I don't know what's happen. As much as you look into it and rub it <laughs> and for, spin not it not around. A, <laughs> If it did, we'd all have the lottery and we wouldn't, you know, that would be the other oh, way of creating wealth, right? right?
1: Absolutely. Is- but even <laughs> if I did, I wouldn't retire because I love what I do.
0: Gotcha. Well, you've seen, you know, folks, some folks have said to me, this is a tough market. Other people say this is a great opportunity. You know, other people say said we just need to push through whatever we're doing. and Other people say, hey, I can't wait to do another transaction. In your mind, maybe you can talk about, you know, you've seen several different markets. You've seen the ups and you've seen the downs. What would you say about this market and then where you think it's going uh, in, our, in our future?
1: First of all, I think the market is, is kind of back to an equalization of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, prices are not accelerating exponentially overnight. We've seen a little bit of a stabilization and maybe even a little bit of a of a drop where seeing sellers um, pay closing costs, pay for buy down on interest rates. Um, whereas, you know, a year ago, there was no way they would have done that. Um, so I think it is probably a little bit better in favor of the buyers. Okay. Um, I have seen inventory increase just a little bit. And um, always kind of funny to me, a couple of years ago, you know, new construction, builders were not paying a commission to realtors because they didn't have to. And, and now they're back to paying a commission. So it just kind of tells you that a uh, realtor is necessary to bring the buyers to the table. And, um, and the market, again, it's, it's kind of stabilized a little bit. I, I think that this is what we're going to see for the next quite a while. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to see any huge flux in inventory. And um, I think what's different about this market is perception. Um, the, the media beats on us so much about how bad things are that everybody believes it. And it's mm-hmm. not. It's just not and I am after all these years regardless of everything I am incredibly optimistic and um, it, it's the way I am but things things are fine and if you have a will to get it done give you and me a call and we'll figure out how to get it done for you
0: absolutely you think of you know I think of our media and where we are as a country like if they're trying to, you know, slow down, you know, the economy, they're trying to, you know, by raising interest rates or whatever it is that, that they're doing, their narrative almost has to be it's doomsday to try to stop us from, from <laughs> continuing to buy, right? Cause that's what they're trying to do is hedge inflation. And I think what people don't realize is they're doing this on purpose because they want to slow you down. They want to slow you down. But then that gives such a great opportunity, you know, for for the you know the the person who's wanting to get into a house or the person you know when we think about all these dpa programs they weren't around 20 years ago (laughs) around some of you even 10 years around and like now you think of the opportunity for somebody to get into a home for almost less than buying a car right i I can go buy a home with a down payment assistance program that will allow me to at least get my first property easier you know maybe not time-wise easier but your money-wise easier then buying an automobile. <laughs> oh, oh, excuse me. You know, every time if you go to buy a
1: car, it yeah. doesn't matter. It's like you want them to bring you lunch and dinner because you can't get out of the dealership. Yeah. You reminded you reminded me about a situation that happened probably thirty years ago, Brian.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, a young couple was buying their first home and we were using a down payment assistance program called CHAC. And mm-hmm. don't ask me what its initials stand for, because I don't remember. But um, it was an Aurora program, mm-hmm. and um, and on our way to the closing table, I get a call that Jack ran out of money.
0: Oh my god. And
1: you're gonna, you're not gonna believe this, but I was able to call. I knew the mayor. Mm-hmm. I called the mayor. And he was, I don't know where he was. He could have been out on the golf course, but I spoke to Mrs. Mayer mm-hmm. and she found him and we closed that day.
0: Oh, wow.
1: That was, you just reminded me about that. See uh, everybody, you just keep asking me
0: questions and I probably have a story for you. <laughs> Oh, I know. Well, that's so amazing. And, and that even brings up what my next question was going to be because you said... Realtors and loan officers and people are necessary. Mm-hmm. And folks right now have the ability to go online, type in something, and all of a sudden things are showing up. And, you know, I think we've been taught in our lives that if the computer says it, it must be true, which we know isn't necessarily correct, yeah. right? No. It, it, it's only how well it was programmed, right? Or the people yeah. who put the information right. in it. But, I mean, what would you say to the importance right now? Because people are trying to do all these things, you know, and I know like in the, you know, I started doing computers back in the, you know, 90s and teaching at the university and computers and there wasn't any internet and I couldn't do all these comparisons. And now, you know, somebody can go, you know, hey, I saw on the computer that this interest rate was going to be at this rate at this time. And why why can't I have that, you know, (laughs) and so. And I'm sure it's the same thing on your side. You know, I saw that this person got this house. would we'll be able to do this. Why? Why does this buy or not? How important are our jobs right now to kind of wade through some of this mess? <laughs> that well, is okay.
1: I think that I think that the computer, the internet, um artificial intelligence, all of it is phenomenal because it actually makes our jobs easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm back from when, we were taking pictures, going and getting them developed and cutting and pasting and put and, you know, rubber cementing yeah. them onto flyers. So, so it has helped Im- immensely to make our job easier. However, there is nothing that replaces standing in the house and kicking the bricks. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you're out buying something, you're starting from the ground and you're building a foundation of information and so if you do research online great but you still need to come and look and there is no replacement for that absolutely none
0: yeah and I think where where the separation in my mind comes because you're right I I can take an application somebody can go on an application I'm not even sure most of our listeners know what rubber cement even is at this point. Um, But uh, you know, sometimes I talk to people. I'm like, "What's a you know?" I asked a young person the other day what a fax machine was, and they're like, "I have no idea. Never heard of it before." Our paper. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know (laughs) exactly. Um, But when we think about this, I think what's missing in the AI stuff and the computer stuff is the emotional intelligence. And I think you know those dreams and those goals. You can't quantify that in a in a mathematical equation very well. Um, and that's where we come in—is that emotional? Because buying a house and that first you know emotional experience of re- what real estate does to you—that um, that's emotional intelligence. And you can't talk to a computer to understand what you're trying to say. Or what you're trying to feel, Mm-mm. right? And so that's why we're so important, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Gotcha. And
1: actually went to went to a seminar about AI, and the lady, the lady who spoke was incredible. I mean, I'm really kind of intrigued with all of it. But she said you've got to check it. It's not going to replace people. You need to check what it's saying because because it's not always going to give you everything that is accurate.
0: Absolutely. Well, Paula, thank you for today. I mean, we're, we're kind of winding down to, to the end of, our, end of our conversation, but I hope you'll be willing to come back on maybe in six months or so. Maybe we can bring a client on that you've helped and, and be, have them be able to talk about their experience and what they were able to do. Uh, please you know, tell everybody again how to get a hold of you and then maybe some closing thoughts that you would love to just impart with, with people who are going to watch this this podcast.
1: Well, Paula Workman, Workman and Associates, 303-888-1033. Or if you have to, Paula, at paulaworkman.com. Um, parting, parting, parting words. Find somebody that you trust. Find a lender that you trust. Find a realtor that you trust. And interview more than one Mm -hmm. and work with people that you feel comfortable with who are going to guide you and help you get your goals accomplished.
0: I love that. Thank you for that. And so one of the things that I always say at the end of the shows is um, you can do this. If you haven't done it before, you absolutely can do this. Even if you're wanting to move and sell your house and you have never sold a house before, you can do this. Uh, the other thing is you deserve this. You deserve the American dream and the things that our country has afforded us to be able to do. Uh, and home ownership is one of those great ways to create generational wealth, personal wealth, and it's something you can do. And the last thing I will always love to say is let us help you. We are professionals. We spend time doing this every single day. Uh, when you have somebody's experience like Paula that has years and years of experience, call her. Don't try to figure this out yourself, because you, you. sometimes we can just waste so much time by trying to figure stuff out ourselves, when we, and then we end up calling a person anyways when we're frantic. So I'm saying right now, just give her a call. Even if you don't think that you can do it, even if you don't think this is the right timing, give her a call, please and let us help put together a plan for you. So thank you again for being on this episode. We'll have another one probably tomorrow that you'll be able to exit, uh, but just to be able to spotlight some people that are doing it. I love it. So thank you again for being on, Paula, and we will talk to you guys on the next one.
1: Thank you for having me. Bye.